right, welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. And today we are continuing our series on being human by talking about, oddly enough, perhaps surprisingly, sports. <laughs> but sports is great because it's a human activity. Wait, sports is great or sports are great? We're not going to have that conversation <laughs> right now, but one of the two is correct. And I'm just going to go with sports are great because they are hu- involve humans doing activity. Right. And that is what the human life is about. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, we're going to answer the question, what do sports teach us about what it means to be truly human? Or what do sports teach us about what it means? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So before we started the recording, we had this whole discussion. Is it sports plural? Like, is it a collective noun or do we treat it as individual entities? So if you have strong opinions about this, you can weigh in. What does sports have to do or what do sports have to do? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So Zach, give us a little disclaimer first. We're talking about sports in the purest sense, right? In the purest sense. Yes. Think, uh, think the Greek Olympics. With everyone running around without clothes on and throwing, no, no, don't throwing think bronze about discs. that. Stop. No, okay, don't think about that. I think the necessary disclaimer is that we're talking about sports as an ideal, and this might be exemplified in something like "Remember the Titans," but re- re- realistically speaking, a lot of times our efforts to have good sports run into roadblocks we have coaches who push their athletes too hard we have senior athletes who bully junior athletes on teams we have uh, certainly an egregious but common or prominent example today we have a sport like football that calls into question the integrity of players bodies and brains so all of those things we should discuss and i think we'll talk briefly if we can about them at the end of this episode but when we're talking about the benefit of sports and what it has to do with being human. We're not talking about, for example, the specific virtues of the National Football League and how that has to do with being human. So we'll table that part of the discussion for the very end, and we'll have a little footnote about that. Sounds good. All right. So first, sports can teach us, or sports, they they can teach us again in their purest form, right. that we are social animals, that we thrive as humans in healthy community and relationships and sports can provide right. that community and relationships. And not just community and relationships, which are included on a team, for example, uh, or could be included as your family or your community cheers for your city's team. But also I think in competition, like part of being a social animal is being in communion and in competition with your fellow social animals. And I think sports embody that in the purest sense. And it's not only people that you know, you know, through your team or your family, like you said, that you have community with, but it's people that you might have nothing else in common with except that, oh, wow, you're at the same restaurant watching the same game, right? or you're at the same ball field watching the same game, and you realize we both like the sport, we like the same team. Yeah, and maybe it would be helpful because we've talked about being on the team, we've talked about being a fan of the team, but I think both of those still fit the social animal mold. So in the first, like we talked about, being on a team and having a community of teammates working collectively towards one goal and being in competition with another team, or it could also be another individual. You could just be a, a, a tennis singles player playing one-on-one against your opponent. There's still the element of competition that calls to mind how you exist as opposed to or in coordination or competition with another entity. And I think that's something that illustrates humans as social animals in a great way. Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out that competition in and of itself is not a bad thing. Right. It can have bad expressions, um, whether that's two fans who decide to get into a fistfight or two 
teammates who are fighting for whatever reason or to opposing teammates who are fighting. Right. So we have those negative examples of competition, but healthy competition can really, can you, they can push you to improve and um, it can be another form of community. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Do we need to explain too much about why or how fans can build community around sports? I think it's pretty obvious, right? I mean, so many right. of us have gone to Super Bowl parties or we've had friends over to watch a game. Maybe one objection to this, though, would be that fans can sometimes, I think you mentioned this, Sally, get in fights over their teams, right? I think of like the Green Street Hooligans or the the uh, somewhat apocryphal, but also I think true uh, stories of uh, football, European football fans in Europe who uh, end up in pretty bloody fights and do pretty nasty things to each other over football matches. Right. I think there's, we have all these examples of a fan kind of demonizing right. the fan of another team right. without knowing them at all and just kind of reducing them to their fan, wh- whatever team they're a fan of, right. their, what do you call that? Their loyalty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> reducing them to their loyalties. Those are not good examples of this. They're not good examples. I would also argue that they're prominent examples because but they're the outlier the yeah like so i'm a, I'm a huge eagles fan the eagles are um, known as a city that can be a re- kind of a rough city to go to as an opposing teams fan uh, in the nfc conference championship last year the vikings traveled to philadelphia and the vikings were not happy with their treatment there etc um so i i grant that those things happen refer to our previous discussion about how a lot of this doesn't live up to the ideal but on a more common note as an Eagles fan walking around when I encounter another football fan, even if it's a fan of a team that I don't like and would actively root against as an Eagles fan, I'm drawn into a kinship with this person because you both like football because we both like football. Yeah. So we can bond over our shared like of that. And most of us recognize that this is not actually real life, our, our loyalty to a team. So we don't let that actually get in the way of what could be a friendship or a real commonality over something else. So practically speaking, I don't think that that uh, diverging interests or diverging alliances in your team fandom really generate controversy outside of like moments where passions are inflamed and your, you know, my Cowboys friend texts me at a key moment when the Eagles blow a game. Like maybe that would be a moment at which passions would ignite and I would say something mean to that friend. But overall, where our friendship, I think, will be enhanced by our shared love of the game rather than our different love of different teams. All right. So secondly, sports can teach us what it means to be truly human by reminding us that we are embodied beings. We are not just souls, but we have bodies and souls. And we had a whole episode about that. Yeah. So I, I think to me, sports are one of my favorite things to do because of this exact thing. I think we've talked about this before, how one thing that's unique about humans is our souls. And we've, we've associated with our souls things like what we strive for, the things that we long for. We long for recognition, for fame, for conquering some unseen or unknown challenge. For all love, the, for relationship. Yeah, and I think all of those things are, maybe not all of those, a lot of those things, perhaps most of those things are on display on a field of friendly strife where you're engaged in a competition against another team. Um, but they're, they're in a, in a way that's just so richly and so purely, um, corpore- corporeal, is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> it, it has to do with our bodies. Like those are not soul struggles that are on the field. They're corporeal. And because of that, you are very frequently reminded of the limitations of your 
body. Um, but also reminded about how you're an embodied soul, you're an embodied soul for who is striving for this thing that is a goal in front of you on the field, trying to get to the end of the field for a try in rugby or trying to round the bases just a little bit faster. And you're, you're very cognizant of your limitations as you do that. And the um, exceptional heights and that you can reach because you have a human body. Right. Um, I think also we thrive when we have healthy physical outlets and sports can provide healthy physical outlets. And it's also something that we've talked about a lot, how there's a connection between our mind and our soul and our body. And so when we're taking care of our body and exercising it appropriately, then that can contribute to our mental and spiritual health. Definitely. And sports can provide an avenue for that in the best way. And three, you mentioned how our bodies remind us that we are. Yeah, maybe limited. I did sort of. Maybe I did sort of blend these. No, two. that's okay. But this is a, a distinct point too. Sports can teach us and remind us that we are limited and imperfect. Right. We had an episode about being imperfect beings. We fail constantly in sports. I mean, I've never been in like a. Cl- well, I guess I did play softball as a little kid, but then swimming was most of my experience. Right. And you might not be your your failure could look like it. Um, a mistake while you're swimming that gets you disqualified right or as you kind of go on and learn the stroke even better than you did before your failure could just be not reaching the time Mm -hmm. cut that you wanted to reach and so you're just reminded constantly that you are not perfect right and whatever goals you set for yourself you're probably going to fall short of them at some point or another yeah this is something that i've loved about sports and particularly about sports yeah for sure i mean (laughs) certainly a source of a great amount of frustration to me in virtually any game I've ever played because I've never played a perfect game of any sport. When I play basketball, there are lots of shots that I miss and I wish I could have back. When I've played baseball, when I've played football, and baseball is maybe the best example of this and one of the reasons why it's my favorite sport because there is such a constant reminder of failure. When you're in the field, it's very common that you make the plays that you need to make when you're when you're playing defense. But when you're on offense, I mean, the greatest baseball hitters in the world have failed more than half of the times that they've come to the plate. More than half the times they've come to the plate, they haven't even made it to first base. And so there's constant reminder of your failure and your limitations in baseball. But then ideally, you are going to be encouraged by your teammates, by yourself, by your coach to keep striving for to improve and to keep trying and to kind of get back on that horse after you fall off. Right. Because I think for some personalities, mine is one of them. It can be paralyzing to be confronted over and over again with your failure and make you want to quit. But hopefully your sports environment is such that you are encouraged to keep trying. Yeah, I think everyone should, even if they're not a super competitive person, they should just not be dismayed by the fact that they're imperfect and they fail. So, yeah, I think that's, I think it's one of the, maybe the most important things that's overlooked in sports. We often look at sports as a way to, to strengthen ourselves. That's true. We've talked about that um, as a way to convince ourselves that we're capable of greatness. And maybe that's true as well. But I think, like we've said, maybe the best and most hidden value in sports is the way it teaches us to fail and to fail with grace and then to get up and try again. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, even though we want to keep pushing for that greater level of athleticism, we have to always keep in mind that we're never going to be perfect and we're never going to overcome every weakness. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting too, because you mentioned like the, the next level of athleticism. There are a few people in the world who have truly peaked in athleticism and there's nobody who can can touch them in terms of pure athletic ability 
think of really anybody who plays in the NBA in a major sports league, but even even those sports leagues have sort of a hierarchy of players, and there are a few who are sort of undisputed at the top of their game. And really, you could probably count on one hand the number of people like that in the world. The other, you know, seven point three billion of us, or however however many people are in the world now, always have another rung to go to. You know, so when I play a pickup game of basket, you know, basketball is a bad idea. I'm not very good at basketball. <laughs> when I play a pickup game of softball with friends like maybe i'm one of the better ones in that group but this is just you know a bunch of uh friends past their athletic prime playing softball and i can maybe be one of the more athletic group persons in that group but I'm, there's always another rung to climb and if i tried to join a competitive softball team i would definitely be at the bottom would have to, to start all over again trying to climb that rung so in that way too i think sports is always a good humbling reminder of your own limitations and like i said it teaches you to fail gracefully and to fail well And I think that's actually one of the reasons why we love the Olympics so much, because we see all these athletes who have been training so hard to get to where they want to be. And rarely did they spend their time at the Olympics succeeding time after time after time after time. Usually they lose a race. You know, they don't have like a perfect score. Right. And um, I mean, even the greatest athletes like Michael Phelps, he keeps coming back for more because he knows that he can keep improving and keep getting faster. And it's seeing those athletes who fail and are humble about it and then just come back later or realize that maybe their time, they were past their prime, mm-hmm. but just do it with grace. Like you said, that's, that's so encouraging to, you know, the little people who are sitting around their Definitely. TVs watching it. Yeah. And I think we said this before when we were, when we were watching the Olympics, but it would be great to have like a normal person for frame of reference in all of those events. You know, if they, if they dedicated <laughs> yeah. one swim lane to just a normal person, because it's sometimes hard to know exactly how amazing these feats right, of right. performance are when they're when they're all compared with each other you right. know like you it's hard to tell how well, fast like, they're going with in swimming pool. you have like the world record line that's right. always going right they should have like the normal person <laughs> yes, line. that'd be perfect <laughs> that's exactly what we need because i watched that and i mean i'm not a good swimmer but i watched that and like oh that's not like that's not too fast <laughs> I mean, maybe if i put in some time in the pool i could get up to there but in reality i would be like halfway across the pool when they've done a full lap you right know, right there and back so Okay, so our fourth reason that um, sports teaches us about what the fourth thing that, that sports can remind us yeah. about what it means to be truly human is that we should just enjoy life. Right. And sports are a way to enjoy life. We yeah, talked so about that. I was going to say last week. Yeah, with or reading. Two weeks ago. Yeah, if you recall our conversation then, we talked about how reading is something that can bring us joy. And so for that reason alone, it's something good and something that we should pursue. And I think the same for sports. Now, obviously, this doesn't go for everyone. Not everyone is going to be inclined to do sports and that's fine not everyone will be physically able to do sports and that's fine but for those of us who are are able to do that i think we should it's fun uh, even if it's not a hyper competitive environment if that's not your thing then that's totally fine if you are a hyper competitive person like me and you enjoy a good contested round of uh, whatever the sport is then that's also great but these are things that we should do because of all the reasons we mentioned they're social in nature they remind us that we're social animals they help us to live in community they help us to strengthen our bodies they help us be aware of our limitations they help us to learn to fail with grace and on top of all that they're just plain fun <laughs> to watch or to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we said you don't have to be literate. You don't have to read, but it's a good thing. Yeah, and it's a good thing to do. So sports, you don't have to be on a sports team. That is definitely not my inclination. Right. But if you do want to, then great. Well, should we round this out with the discussion of the the, the footnote discussion that we talked the about? The beginning? <laughs> so what do we make of a sport that is falling short of the ideal? 
I guess, first of all, all sports fall short of the ideal, Definitely. right? Even, even those that we might hold up as the paragons of sport will fall short of the ideal in some way or another. And then there are the other ones that fall way short of the ideal, like modern NFL football. Now, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm a huge NFL football fan. I talk about football all the time on our other podcast. I watch it regularly. I do so, though, often conflicted about how, how my fandom contributes to an enterprise that is fundamentally corrupt for a bunch of different reasons. I think the owners in the NFL are terrible. I think players don't have good bargaining rights. I think players are mistreated. I think that players are viewed as assets and not people. I think that uh, there's a gladiatorial element in the way some announcers and some fans of the game tend to portray it. You know, oh, wow, lays a, lays a monster hit on him or whatever. Um, all those things sort of make me wince and make me uncomfortable. They've not yet moved me to action and moved me to any sort of boycott or stop watching the games. I just think the NFL is a fun sport. And there's, uh, you know, I, I believe perhaps wrongly that there's enough redeeming qualities in it still. I just think about all the friendships that I've made through my appreciation for football. I think about uh, maybe on a cheesy level, but one of my favorite movies of all time, Remember the Titans. A great movie. (laughs) Football has these problems associated with it now, especially in the wake of all the concussion science that's coming out. But it's undeniable to me that football is the most... um, the most true team sport like every player relies on the other player doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing on a given play uh in a way that i don't see in in any other sport and so i think there's that redeeming element as well and there's the fact that these i think there are there are strides being made um apart from the concussion issue and i think there are some strides being made there there are serious movements for social justice there are players who are um, a little bit more empowered to speak out on issues that they care about there are players that are uh, sort of putting their foot down to have a little to be a little bit more empowered in contract negotiations and in salary discussions, things like that. So I think that the needle is moving in the right direction in the NFL's case. Um, I also think that these problems, like we said, no sport's going to meet the ideal. Right. I mean, I think of like the uh, gymnastics scandals. Yeah. With oh that my coach, where was that? At Michigan. Michigan or State. Yeah. Yeah. Who was abusing his relationship with his team, his players, right. his um, the people he was coaching, and. Um, I also just think of a lot of uh, famous athletes who've come out and talked about body image concerns and how they've been required to have a certain body image. Well, that's a good point, too. We talked about the the fact that we're embodied souls. We didn't really talk about the risk of that becoming an idol that professional athletes decide that or, you know, buy into the lie that this defines them and how their body performs and how their body looks defines them as well. Right. And so they're kind of led into extreme habits and very unhealthy habits of the, in the way that they treat their body. So I think that, I mean, I haven't thought about football specifically, but I don't think that it's alone in being the target of concerns. Right. I and, mean, boxing is basically about how many times you can hit your opponent in the head. Yeah, there you uh, go. In a given round or match um baseball uh its international signing system uh borders in some respects on like human trafficking um so there are a lot of problems throughout professional sports soccer has the concussion problem as well drug usage oh for sure yeah yeah i mean teams who i think that's getting better but but yeah but it's just another example of Uh, of in the nfl as well yeah i mean teams uh pump their players up with lots of painkillers and uh, who knows what sort of untold effects that has later on so um i think this i mean 
I guess one easy way to just kind of sum it up is just to say that as players, as fans, as the parents of future players, we need to just go into sports with our eyes, eyes wide, wide open. open. Yeah. And knowing that that we need to be, yeah, just conscious of the possibility for error right. and harm, but maybe not throwing the baby out with the bathwater just yet. Yeah. You know, and I guess the final closing thought here is that this is not a podcast episode about why you should be a supporter of a professional sports league or franchise. This is a podcast about the benefit of sports. And so you can, you can genuinely protest uh, the NFL and the way the NFL does its business and runs its games and administers its and players. And still find some co-ed league of soccer exactly. that you want to play in. Exactly. <laughs> you can still you know sign your kids up for soccer or, or play in a, an adult softball league, whatever. None of that um, is mutually exclusive, and we encourage you to do that. You know, I think that this conversation is in some ways is analogous to politics. You know, I, I'm a huge fan of people being involved in city level, county level. Uh, you know, ward councils, whatever, but local small level government. And I think a lot of people get dissuaded from that when they look to the national scene, like, look how corrupt it is at the top. Well, that's, that's true. But I think a lot of the good work is really done at the grassroots level when people can be neighbors and communicate with each other and negotiate on a person to person level rather than compete for national airtime on major networks, whatever. And so in some ways, I think it's analogous because we look at the top levels of sports and how many billions of dollars are wrapped up in the just the four big professional sports leagues in the US. It's easy to see how all these things can go awry. But you know, go to go to your YMCA and join a pickup basketball game, you're going to find a completely different atmosphere. And you're going to find one that helps you be human in all the ways that we talked about. It's going to be fun. You're going to enjoy meeting people. You're going to uh, discover more of yourself as a social animal in competition and in collaboration with your fellow human beings. You're going to probably realize how limited you are and probably feel a lot older than you want to feel and more sore the next day and all of that. But ultimately, you're going to be better for it. Yeah, it's ultimately helping you live a more balanced, truly human life rather than exaggerating or accentuating all these negative attributes that right. we've discussed exactly so that's it that's what sports has or sports have i don't know if we we've settled in that but that's it that's what they have to do with being human <laughs> all right we'd love to hear what you have to say reach About out grammar or our views on sports any of it any and all at vernacular pod on instagram on twitter you can reach out zach and sally at vernacular podcast wait well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Zach and Sally. Hold on. Let me. Okay. Zach and Sally at vernacularpodcast.com. For Vernacular Podcast, I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Have a great week. Hi.